I'll bet that the book of Habakkuk is not one that you turn to with any frequency. But maybe we should. Maybe we should. We're not really sure who Habakkuk was. We're not even sure that there was only one official Habakkuk. There might have been more. But we are sure that Habakkuk was a Hebrew sharing a message from God during the time of exile, a Hebrew speaking to the home team while they were in the middle of a generations-long captivity to the Babylonians. Basically, he was asking God this, why do bad things happen to good people? We didn't do anything to deserve this fix that we're in. Why can't God just come down and make everything better right now? Well, there was good news and there was bad news. The bad news Habakkuk shares is that things are not perfect right now. The people are living in captivity. God's judgment is nowhere to be found. And God appears not to be listening or caring. But the good news is that God does indeed respond. God tells Habakkuk to take a memo and to make it as big as a sign that you can read while you are going 75 miles an hour down I-35, um, presuming that that were ever possible. But here, here's what that sign is supposed to say. There is still a vision for the appointed time. If it seems to drag its feet, just wait. It may not come on a human timeline, but in God's economy, it will be right on time. It will come to God's people without delay, not because of their goodness or lack thereof, but because God says so. No matter what things may look like, God is still in control. My friends, that is still the good news for us. Even today, there is still a vision for the appointed time even though we find ourselves without an installed pastor as we prepare or get ready to prepare for one of the busiest times in the church year. There is still a vision for the appointed time, even though we don't know 100% what's next. There is still a vision for the appointed time, even when the general presbyter has to be in our pulpit. Say it with me. There is still a vision for the appointed time. One more. Y'all can do better than that. There is still a vision for the appointed time. If it seems to drag, don't worry. It may not come on our timeline, but in God's economy, it'll be right on time. And the vision will come to us without delay, not because of our goodness or lack thereof, but just because and only because God says so. God is still in control. All we need to do is to practice our least favorite word, wait. You are aware that wait is a four-letter word, right? <laughs> Waiting is not exactly our strong suit, at least it's not mine, but it's the only option on the table if we're going to see God's vision for the appointed time. So what can we do while we wait? Should we guess or gossip or worry? Should we do nothing? Or worse yet, should we do something that might end up being less than helpful? Maybe not. Thank God, literally, that the Apostle Paul gives us some helpful ideas in his letter to the Romans on what we can do while we wait. You may think 
that things were better in Rome than they were for the Hebrews in the time of Habakkuk, but actually things weren't that perfect in Rome either. <laughs> there was still plenty of persecution and captivity to go around. Paul himself kept busy working with a number of new church developments in Corinth and Galatia and Ephesus and all over the Mediterranean. The latter part of the Bible is full of letters from him and from his acolytes on how to be people of the way. But he saved his best theology for the church in Rome. Romans is the longest and most well-developed and most influential of all his letters. Some of his letters sound a little more pastoral and a lot more personal, but the book of Romans is like a primer of Christian theology. Paul carefully outlines his case like a good lawyer would, which goes through Abraham and the argument for Jesus, the relationship between sin and grace, and three chapters alone just on Jews and Gentiles and the law before he gets to his word today, which is the so-called real world is not the real world. God loves us too much to let us conform to a world where people live in captivity, where God's justice isn't obvious, where all we see is name-calling and division and violence. Instead of conforming to that, we are to be transformed, not to transform ourselves, but to let ourselves be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may know the will of God, the good stuff. And how do we let ourselves be transformed in order to know the will of God? There's a bunch of things that we can do. Paul encourages us to hate what is evil and to hold on to what is good, show honor to others, love one another. And by the way, love is an action verb. It's not just a nice feeling. You've got to put some calories behind it. Love one another with your actions. Hope, be patient, contribute to the needs of others, be hospitable, especially to strangers. Walk alongside others. If they're happy, be happy with them. If they're suffering, suffer along with them. It doesn't take more than about 10 minutes of the evening news for us to begin to despair and to feel overcome by evil. There's nightly despair at my house around 6.15. <laughs> but that is a luxury that we can ill afford. In order for us not to conform to this world, but to let ourselves be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may know the will of God, reading and rereading the verses of chapter 12, studying them, ingesting them, making them part of our fiber, this is what will strengthen us and enable us to be transformed, which in turn will transform the world. In short, the so-called world is not the real world. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm not sure that all of that can fit on a billboard along I-35, but you get the idea. 
If we could do only one or two of those things, we certainly won't be able to conform to this world because we know that's not how this world operates, right? But if we can practice doing one or two of these things and then maybe try another one or two, we won't be the only ones who are transformed. As we do these things with God's help and in God's name, we can be part of transforming the world. There is a vision for the present time, right? One more time. There is a vision for the present time. It will come without delay, not because of our goodness or lack thereof, but solely because God says so. That vision requires the saints of Georgetown first to wait for it with patience and in the meantime, take care of the business of the church and the ministry to which God has called us to love, to care, to comfort, to walk, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds into the beloved children of God. Amen.